0: ESPN, and as we approach 2023, we love the idea of closing down our year, our last show of 2022, by visiting with our friend, Blues analyst here on 101 ESPN, Joe Talley. Good morning, Joseph. How are you,
1: Randy? Hey, doing great, doing awesome. Actually, about to step on the ice here in Brentwood. My son's got an early morning practice here, and. And looking forward to doing that here in a little bit. But I'll always enjoy talking to you, too.
0: Joe, you know that I believe you are brilliant because you are. You have so many skills. As we head to 2023, what is a skill that Joe Vitale does not have that he would like to possess?
1: Wow, that's a good one. You know, I I would like to sharpen my skills as far as um, learning how to make pasta. That, that to me, is the... um, that's something that I haven't really dove too deep into. You know, I, I love bread. I love making pizza, but pasta is something that is uh, really, really intriguing to me. You know, my mom, she, she spends so much time doing stitchy stitch, like that needle point. Um, and it's like her favorite hobby. And, you know, for the longest time we, we've always loved that she, you know, she provides ornaments and pillows and all these de- decorative things. And, but I'm, I'm learning more and more about it. And Michelle Obama actually put out a book recently and she talks about how in her in her moments of, of depression and sadness throughout her life, she she really picked up knitting and she found that it's not just uh, a hobby where you provide like an art for some art craft for someone. It actually becomes very very therapeutic. And there's something about there's something about in, in the nature of humans in our DNA that we were we've always built things with our hands and used our hands. And they're finding that it's a really good source of therapy. And that's, of course, what Michelle was talking about in her book. And it really kind of dawned on me that, you know, when I've made all this bread and pizza throughout my life, yes, I'm making it to provide food. I'm providing it to bring people in to eat. But also, it's hard when I'm when I'm like a bit sad or depressed at times. You know, it's like the first thing I think about is I got to make some bread. And I think it's that therapeutic feeling of you're using your hands. And, and to take a step further, I, I've seen pasta been made. It's a very different animal, it's a different beast than pizza and bread. You know, with, with pasta, you've got to be very careful to, to mix it gently. You don't want to uh, add too much water. You don't want to mix it too much because then you develop the gluten, which makes it really tough. Uh, but I've been to Italy, and I've been to some really good Italian restaurants, and I love how homemade pasta tastes. So I would love to dive in there and uh, start, uh, start mixing in some ravioli. And so hopefully within a couple months, maybe, Randy, I'll surprise you and drop some off your doorstep.
2: Love that idea, Joey. <laughs> Hey, Joey, we talk to you every week, and you always seem very upbeat, very easygoing. I, I want to know, what's the one thing that gets Joey really fired up or really upset? For Randy, he told us earlier, if he was forced to sit on an airplane on the tarmac for, for three to four hours, he he's not sure everyone would be safe in there. Uh, for me, it's a little bit of road rage. What's your one thing, Joey, that, that really gets you fired up if if people continue to do it?
1: You know what, it's, it's funny, it's funny care. I, I, I wish I had something, I, I, I don't know, I think all the kids I have, I, I'm just used to just being in this homeostasis state of life, you know, and um, which, which is like how we all kind of act, I think, you know, uh, I was talking to Ryan Podell, the, the equipment manager for the Blues yesterday, and, and I was kind of, I was upset, I was like, hey, how are you, you doing, is it doing alright, he goes, ah, I'm doing okay, what's wrong, go, he goes, well, it was Christmas, I've been doing so good with my diet, I've been exercising so well for, you know, last month and a half. And then all of a sudden I show up for Christmas and I have three terrible days and I feel like it's all gone to waste. And, and we, we started talking about this, the, the, the life of, you know, you're, you're, you're in a state of homeostasis all the time where your body wants to get back to equal. So we said, Hey bro, Hey bro, chill, chill. You've had a couple bad days, but your body it wants to get back to where it was. So as long as you get right back on the train, you're, you're in a good spot. So I find that in life, like, you know, I, I try not to get too upset about things too often. And I think that the biggest gift of it all, really for me is just my big family where you just learn just to take one moment at a time. You know, when I find myself getting, I used to get really anxious about things it, to me, it's cause I'm looking too far in the future or I'm thinking too far of what happened in the past. And the good thing about having five young kids is you're not thinking about the future because you, you got so much in front of you and you're on your <laughs> yeah. plate right now. And then you're not thinking about the past because, again, you got so much in front of you right now. So uh, one of the blessings of having five kids, you know, my wife and I talk about all the time, is just you're constantly in the moment because they're constantly in the moment. And, you know, I I, I know Randy always jokes that, you know, I'm one of the more curious guys he's ever met. Well, kids are curious, you know. And, and again, it's as hard as kids can be, uh, you know, and, I, and I, I blame myself for it. You know what I mean? I told my wife the other day, like, when life gets really hard, you know, I say, hey, we did this. Remember that that night in uh, the night over there? Remember that night? Oh yeah, that night. And then that that night there. And then that that time. And then that morning. Yeah, we did that. That was our fault. That was my bad. You know. But of course, the uh, the, the silver lining, I guess, in all of it is, um, you know, is just you know, surround your people with uh, surround yourself with people who uh, do their best to stay in the moment. And, and kids are just so good about staying in the moment. They're not thinking about the past. They're not thinking about next week or even tomorrow. And I think when you're around people like that, certainly uh, that rubs off on me. And and I find myself in the moment a lot where uh, you just get too overwhelmed you think too much about the future. Because the future in the past, that's what kills you. If you can stay right in that moment, that's the key.
0: That is so hard for me, and I love to hear that. But it's interesting, Joey, uh, people that are able to stay in the moment, do great things. Phil Jackson's book, uh, 11 Rings, he talks a lot of the zen and, and being in the moment. You know, Goldie talks about just staying in the moment and obviously National League MVP. I think it's difficult. Well, it's difficult for me, difficult for a lot of people. But I think one of the things that probably separates people that do great things is their ability to stay in the
1: moment. 100%. I mean, right here in St. Louis, the, the, the player that, the player that stays in the moment the most to me is, is Ryan O'Reilly, you know, and uh, I had the pleasure of playing with Sidney Crosby. Those two players remind me so much of each other where, you know, they have their routines and, you know, I, I know, I know Sidney Crosby has gotten a lot of attention because of his superstitions uh, but, you know, he, he would never claim them to be superstitions. They, they were always just routines for him. And you see Ryan O'Reilly, the, w- the way he messes with his, his, uh, his racquetball and his tennis balls in the hallway and his stick handling and his jump ropes and his yoga moves and all that kind of stuff he does. You know, it's, not, it's less about a superstition, but it's less about the routine of getting yourself right back into that moment where you know you can be successful. And that, that to me, is the key for all the great players that you know, I've ever, ever had a chance to play with or surround myself with. Uh, it was not a spur-of-the-moment thing. It, it was something that just became very, very consistent where they were just in the moment, and there was no, there was no moments off. There was no days off. You know, I had a coach once tell me, uh, it was Dave Tippett. He said, you know, we we're playing the Edmonton Oilers, and he said, you know, Joe, you're going to go up against Connor McDavid a lot here tonight. And he said, believe me when I tell you this, your best day, you're just as good as Connor McDavid's best day. And I'll never forget him saying that. And I asked him later what he meant by that, and he said, you know, your best day and Connor's best day, you're going to be right there with him. You know, but what separates the greatest players in the world from the players that aren't so great, the Tiger Woods of the world, the Phil Jackson's coaching standpoint, you know, Nick Saban's, you know, Nick Saban's best day, he, I guarantee you a D3 coach's best day would compete right up there. But the, but the difference is that Nick Saban's, you know, best week, no one, no one can touch anyone else's best week, right? Uh, Nick Saban's best month. There's no coach out there that can touch his best month. And, and the problem with it is, is consistency. It's the idea that it's a routine. It's every single day. It's everything they do, they bring, they bring their very best. I'll never forget my first camp, you know, playing in Pittsburgh, and Sidney Crosby was there. I was just starstruck. I was a kid from college, and it was the first drill, first day at camp in 2010. They had just won the cup in 2009. And I remember this was my first day, and this was a lot of buzz, a lot of noise in Pittsburgh. All of a sudden, I see Sid walk in, and it's just whole thing. I was so nervous. The very first practice, this is when I I fully understood what it took to be great. And we're we're on a drill. It's the warm-up drill. It's the very first drill, the very first day of camp. And it's this drill where you're supposed to go around the circle, cut across a couple cones, come over the blue line, and warm the goalie up for a shot. Sid's about third or fourth in line. I'm way in the back, right. I'm trying to hide. And you know, the first, the first couple guys, first couple guys go. They're loosening up. You know, it's a warm-up drill. It's day one. They're warming it up. They're crossing over. Some methodical strides. A little lethargic. Come over the blue line. Warm the goalie up. Hit Mark Andre Fleury right in the chest. Get back in line. When Sid comes up, and again, he's like the third or fourth. He just absolutely takes off like a rocket. I mean, I'll never forget the image of him skating at the old Mellon Arena and his ice. And the, the ice was literally chipping away and, like, carving out for him as he's burning around the cones and building speed and cutting through the ice, steps over the goal line there and then just absolutely rifles one right past Marc-Andre Fleur's ear. It goes bar down and in, and everyone started, like, slamming their sticks, right? Like, pumped up. Well, I can promise you one thing. Everyone's practice at that moment, it elevated to a whole new level. But but it hit me in what makes Sidney so great, what makes Tiger so great, what made Michael so great is that you know, your best day can compete with their best day, but their best week, you'll never be able to get close to it. Their best month, forget about it. And their best year, not even close, right? It's the <laughs> consistency of what they do every single day, every single moment, every single drill. That's truly what separates them at the end of the day.
2: Hey, Joey, you uh, played in Pittsburgh for a while. Did you ever get to any any Steelers games?
1: Oh, oh Gary, we got to some Steelers games. Uh, m- more of the Pirates games. But I tell you what, it was always awesome being with Sidney Crosby because Uh, They they pretty much threw out the red carpet anytime anytime Sid would want to go. So I was always try to always ride shotgun next to Sid (laughs) Crosby on smart game. exactly. But I mean you know you know what it's like that that city is just I mean it's just black and yellow through and through. The fan base is so awesome. Uh, We had some great Steeler moments. Probably my favorite moment outside of the hockey was when the Pittsburgh Pirates. Finally made the postseason. Randy, I might need help with this one. What year that was when the Cardinals played them in the opening round? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, that was that was a year. And I mean, the city. I'm not sure if you're around then, Kerry, but the city was completely buzzing. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a this was a team that had not made the postseason forever. They're playing the Cardinals, and I just remember walking over the bridge there, the PNC Park, and you just saw black and gold everywhere. I was the only schmug. Wearing a big red shirt with a big red Cardinals <laughs> hat, and, and we, we sat right by the dugout. And I swear to you, it was a sea of black. And I was the old—I felt like where's Waldo. I was the only guy wearing red. And and the Cardinals ended up losing that. I think it was they losing that first game, but they're up like five three for a long time. So I'm on my feet clapping. And fans are just like yelling at me and telling me I'm a bum and I'm a fourth liner. I'll always be a fourth liner, like like, like Penguins, like Penguins fans are like, like chirping me. Like I'm, I'm in this city, you know. It was, it was horrible. I remember I leaving. I was so depressed. And, and, uh, but it's uh, it's certainly a great great fan base. They've had a lot of success in Pittsburgh. It's just one of the one of the greatest towns of all time. Hey, before we let you
0: go and you get out on the ice over at Brentwood, as the calendar flips to 2023,
1: what's your read on this Blues team? You know, my read is this. I think there's a couple things that are they're starting to click in the right direction. It takes some small things. You know, I mentioned this last night on the post game. A few areas they need to clean up. Uh, one is the, the defensive zone. Five on five defensively, they need to be better. I really like Colton Pareko and Nico Mikel on that top pair. If they could figure out a way to make these two really drive, those two big bodies look just like they shut down Patrick Kane five on five last night. This could be a really positive thing for this team moving forward. That could be maybe the answer to starting to shut things down 5-on-5. Five five. You know, you look at a power play. Yes, you lose Torrey Krug, but maybe you got more of a shot mentality. You know, the power play's been humming along pretty well. Justin Falk, to me, is going to be a guy uh, that really could add a lot more there. You saw a power play goal from him a couple games ago against the Trial Maple Leafs. Uh, but I think one of the biggest areas where they need um, to see a little bit of daylight or see a little bit of positivity in order to get this whole team moving in the right direction, they have to figure out a way to get Ryan O'Reilly's line going. This has been an issue for Craig Bruby all season long. You lose David Prahn. You've tried just about every winger situation, every combination you can for Ryan O'Reilly, and just nothing seems to be stuck so far. But last night, to me, was a bright spot. You know, Braden Shen on his wing. He had 15 attempts at the net. 11 shots, 15 attempts. It was crazy how many chances that line had, Uh, of course, right there with Braden Shen and Pavel Butchnevich. So could this be the line that really gets that O'Reilly line going? Because you know you're going to get it from Thomas. And then maybe this Blues team can start really generating more offense. And then, of course, they can start shutting things down defensively. I'm telling you, I've seen crazier things. We've seen crazier things rain and carry back to 2019. The Blues are in a way worse state than they are right now. And, you know, they're really close. They're really close to a wild card spot. A lot of home ice hockey coming up here for the St. Louis team. If they can figure out a couple of those little details, grab some momentum, this whole thing can snowball in a really positive direction. I really think it will moving forward into 2023.
0: We always enjoy having you on on Fridays. Happy New Year, sir. Thanks so much. We'll be tuned in tomorrow for the broadcast and have a fun practice over at Brentwood.
1: Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Chair. You guys have a great day. Happy
0: New Year. Thanks, brother. That's the great Joe Vitale on 101 ESPN. He's something, isn't he? Joey is awesome. Are he you good? He never at? has a bad day. No, he doesn't.
2: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players, that is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk, but when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team. You lose as a team. We cry. We console our brother. We don't point the finger. We go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.